And we're live after much delay. I'm very, very sorry about that for anyone who's tuning in. Uh, oh, we've got one person online already. Hello and welcome. Uh, well, we're here in Mandurah on the foreshore and I'm joined today by Ashley Williams. Renee, Ashley, sorry, you're with the, the seat of Canning. You're running That's for correct. the seat of Canning. And Bennett, yeah. And Bennett, yep. And Renee, you're a resident of Mandurah with a very interesting story. That's correct. And of course, we have Graham Hood, Captain Graham Hood. Ex-Captain Graham. Ex-Captain Graham Hood. It's very exciting. It's very exciting to be joined by you, all three of you. So let's get into it. We've, um, we've had a very strange start this afternoon, but um, we are here, thank gosh. Yep. Um, so, Ashley, we'll start with you. Mate, um, tell us all about your run. How is it going? Uh, yeah, it's very hectic. Uh, trying to get stuff done at the last minute. I've got a good team around me who are helping me out. So, um, yeah, we've got to try and uh, get the majors out and get some good people in. We've got to get the majors out. I think that's going to be a theme for the show this afternoon. That's right. Renee, tell me all about your experience over the last few months. My experience has been um, very, I guess, for me, harrowing. Uh, started sort of in November last year when um, <clears throat> I had my second dose of the gene therapy Pfizer um, and against my better instinct and judgment and openly admit that I, I believe I made a mistake in doing it. Um, but I ended up um, in hospital uh, the next day and was very, very sick. And I actually thought that I was going to die. Wow. And um, my story since then has sort of unraveled with all sorts of things happening. Um, and it's exposed a lot of things to me that's made me um, very aware of how um, the medical professions are covering things up and how much corruption there is in the system. It's, it's, it's uh, very widely spread, Graham, isn't it? Um, I've got a, a feeling, just from my experience over the last, say, five weeks, that um, the number of reported injuries and deaths is far, far below what they're actually saying it is. Oh, look, you know, we, we get, uh, Michelle and I get 30,000 messages a week. Um, we get them from social media platforms, emails, text messages, phone calls. And sadly, five members of my immediate family Three have severe cases of cancer and two have heart disease. And there is no doubt in anybody's mind it was directly directly related to this gene therapy or whatever it is they're calling it now. Mm. Um, this is profound. We're, at every rally, we're approached by people who are crying their eyes out at the loss. Uh, and amongst those 30,000 messages we get a week, it's not only people who've suffered loss from, uh, they've lost loved ones who've died because of this. They've lost their uh, – yeah, there are people who were coerced into getting it so that they could keep their jobs. Then they're too sick to keep their jobs and there's no compensation for them. Mm. I mean, this is the greatest rort in history, without a doubt. I think it's far more than a rort, um, but we can get into that at some point. I'm, I'm sure you agree with me. Yeah. Um, look, I think it would be a stretch for any person now to say that they don't know someone who's been injured. I have them in my family as well, and I suspect that I'll see more to come. 
Uh, Ashley, have you had that experience? Yeah, I can tell to that from experience personally, actually. Um, I, I actually was double jabbed and I ended up with nerve injuries to my feet. They blamed it on my diabetes. Um, I also ended up with golden staff. Apparently it got through a little scratch on my hand down and managed to get to my uh, hip. But um, I didn't have any signs of infections anywhere. Um, and I believe it, and that's my personal belief, I believe it was because my immune system became deficient. Mind you, they told me that my diabetes had chilled the nerves in my feet and they'd never get it back. But the further I've got away from that uh, first injection is the nerves are all coming back. So mm -hmm. just as well I didn't have a third. Had you heard about this in the past? Because No, well, I got mine done very early on because um, I sort of believed I was one of those people who were... Um, trying to do the right thing. Trying to do the right thing. Then they mandated it. And... I said, no, that can't be correct because my son has a heart condition and he said, I don't want to have it. And I said, well, you, you don't have to have it. Mm -hmm. And they mandated it. So he lost his job and that's when red flags came up to me and I've been fighting it ever since. And the more study I've done on it, the more devastated I become. Mate, I um, grew up in a medical family and I instinctually knew that informed consent was my right, not my yeah. obligation. Yeah. And now it's everybody's obligation. Yeah. Isn't so, that incredible? It is incredible. So, mate, is that what led you to stand up and run as an independent for the seat of Canning here in Mandurah? Definitely was. Um, you've taken people's freedom of choice. And the worst thing you can think of is that this is, this is a medical function. They're asking people to change their body, put stuff into their body. Uh, look, um, I don't know. I, I don't want to say anything that's too radical here, but I think it's actually a depopulation experiment. Would anyone else agree with that? Absolutely. Well, yep. It is. It's obvious, Absolutely. isn't it? Yep. Absolutely. Yep. How, can you have, how can you have the leading figure in inoculations around the world, Bill Gates, say that he's doing this to save lives? He wants everybody to be inoculated to save their lives, when in the late 90s he did a TED court talk where that's he said right. that we needed to depopulate by 15%. And his uh, mother and father were well-known eugenicists. So we rest our case. I mean, the, the evidence is there. You don't have to. You don't have to go down rabbit warrens to find this stuff. You certainly now you don't. No. I mean, it's slapping us in the face, and anyone who doesn't see that would have to be hiding under a rock. Yep. Um, gosh. So, Renee, would you like to tell us in a little more depth about? the kinds of symptoms you started recognising and how quickly did that come after that jab? So it was the 22nd of November, it was 10 o'clock and I remember distinctly walking to the place where I was going to um, have this procedure done and I remember praying about it beforehand because I'm a very strong Christian and I remember praying to God to just protect me because I knew that if I didn't do it that... I wouldn't be able to support my kids. My kids are uh, young. They're two girls, 9 and 12. So I went there and I felt like I was going literally risking a lot for what. I, I didn't know what was going to happen and <clears throat> I did it. I just did it because I thought I would be okay because the mm. first dose that I had um, was fine. I had the normal sort of... Um, symptoms afterwards but nothing um, unremarkable 
So I went there and within five minutes of having that um, that jab, I felt my pulse racing really fast and I put my hand up and the lady came over and took me out and on the bed and monitored my heart rate and she said, yeah, it was really fast but we'll just keep you here for a little bit longer. So I stayed there and then I felt okay enough to walk back to work and then when I got home later that night, um, my two girls were there and I said to them, I don't really feel that good. Um, I feel disoriented. Um, I couldn't walk straight. Uh, I had a lot of dizziness and I felt just like I'd been hit by a truck sort of feeling. And I went to bed that night and then I woke up at three o'clock in the morning and I felt like I wanted to vomit. And I thought, this is not getting any better. Plus the symptoms that I had before were still remaining. So it was just like building upon one another. And then um, it's probably about six o'clock in the morning, um, I felt the chest tightness start to come on. And I was in the center of my chest and I thought, this this is scaring me now. Like mm. I, I felt out of control. My body felt out of control and that felt really frightening. Oh, bet. Yeah. And and so then I my friend happened to message me and ask how I was going and I said, I'm not not going too good. I think I need to go to hospital. So she came over and she drove me to hospital and it was a private hospital. And I thought mistakenly that I would be better cared for in a private hospital as opposed to a public hospital. So I went in there and, and there was another gentleman right behind me who was due to go back to work on a FIFO and he was in there and he was having the same symptoms as me and he was scared. Like he was saying, I need to, I need to see someone straight away because I'm too scared to get on that plane to fly back to work. So are you on site? Are you? You're, no, I'm not okay. on site, but he was, and he, he, was, he was he was sorry. in the line straight after me. And right. I thought that's interesting. Yeah. So then I got into um, ED very quickly, and the the nurse was a lady, and she looked looked at me, and she looked at my symptoms, and my friend was sitting next to me, and she said, "I told her that I'd had Pfizer the day before," and she said, "Um." well, we're going to need to do an ECG and we're going to need to do some tests to see what's going on with you. But she straight away looked really panicked and I thought... Yep, they know. This they is, know. She's seen this stuff before. Yep, they have. And she said, um, she said to me a few things that I found. She says, your, your body's having a normal reaction to the vaccine. And I said to my friend... Did, That's a classic yeah, bloody double think. I, yeah. I said to my friend, did she say abnormal or normal oh, no. am i missing something here and she said no she said normal and my friend was like starting to cry because she she knew what was going on and i'm like well i said to the doctor well if this is normal then how come no one else in my team is in hospital with me like like this and they've all been mm -hmm. jabbed she said oh, everyone's body reacts differently yours is having a very strong immune response and this is this is normal. I'd be more worried if you didn't have a response because then when you get COVID, you, you're going to be in trouble. But you'll be fine because oh, you, you've had uh, such a strong response. Oh, the boogeyman won't get you. And I'm like, that doesn't make any sense to me. No, because you, you know what a, an immune response is, right? So effectively your body's attacking itself. Yeah. That is not normal. I know. She tried to normalize it and then she said, we're going to need to give you some blood tests. So she did those blood tests and she came back and she said, your D-dimer levels are three times what they should be. 
you have a clot in your lung. Mm-hmm. And I remember grabbing her hand, looking into her eyes and You're right, Renee. You're right. All I could think of was my kids and leaving them and me not coming home to pick them up from school. Mm. And that's all I could think of, that they wouldn't see me again. And she just said, you've got a clot, but we need to give you a CAT scan to verify that. So she did the CAT scan. And then when that came back, she said, you seem to be okay. And then my jaw started to hurt. And she said, Renee, is there any history of heart attacks in your family? And I said, yes, there is. And she said, who is it? Who's, who's had heart attacks? I said, my grandparents died in the early 50s, she said. And then she looked more panicked and she kept running around. And she's like, okay, well, we need to keep you in. We need to keep you in for a couple of nights to monitor you. So that's what I did. I stayed in hospital for two nights and the nurses came in and when they changed over for their shifts, they had this wording that they would say and they would introduce me and say, um, this is Renee, she's had a, a, a bit of dizziness from the Pfizer vaccine, but she'll be fine Code. and she's going home soon. Code words. Yep, those code words were the same with every nurse that mm-hmm. came and did the handover of the shift. Renee, I've heard those same words repeated back to me on many, many occasions now. I mean, I'm speaking to a lot of people who've been injured. Um, and Hoodie, you know, the thing that incenses me more than anything is that these doctors and nurses, knowing all this, rather than, you know, bowing and scraping and backing straight out of what they've gotten themselves into, they double down. Have you noticed that? I have. Look, and and we're seeing that with the bureaucrats and the politicians as well. They're doubling down because the lie may have they may have been in a denial phase about the lie. Like, surely this can't be happening. Surely this isn't happening. And then when the lie becomes so paramount, all your energy is spent in defending the lie because you don't want it to become the truth. Because if it is, you realise just what you've been playing a part of. And Renee, my heart broke listening to you because my 42-year-old daughter went through exactly the same Mm. symptoms, except she was told she had a blood clot on her heart. And she was was rated category one. That's the highest category for heart attack or stroke. And they sent her home from the hospital. They didn't even keep her in for monitoring. Didn't. That's been five weeks and she still hasn't been able to see a cardiologist. And she's still category one. And it just breaks my heart because she's a mother of three beautiful kids. Mm. She's my daughter, for goodness sake. And I, 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 she's a girl who's travelled the world as a, at a very young age as a ballerina. She used to travel all over Scandinavia and the Middle East and everywhere trying out for ballet companies. She's a very strong girl. And it's, she lived in New York on her own when she was 17 doing that sort of stuff. And that night when I spoke to her, when she was feeling that and that anxiety, I've never heard her so afraid in my whole life. And and what really got to me was, you know, it, there was a sense of remorse in her voice uh, because I was telling her, please don't get it, please don't get it. And the answer that she gave me as to why she got it was so they could take the kids to the theme parks. Oh. Um, and so it just it just breaks my heart. And And... 
you're right. The doctors, the medical profession are covering this up. The bureaucrats are covering it up because if they realise that they're covering a lie, then they're also going to realise that they're complicit and that would be scaring the daylights out. You know, there's a, a, an element to this that uh, no one's really talking about, but it's um, – so I was down in Bridgetown last weekend and I met a man that um, – I can say his name. His name's Ben. He's, uh, we've already put a video out about him. Uh, he had one shot, didn't sign a waiver form at a chemist. So there's no forms. Just walked in, sat down, took the jab. Um, within uh, five days, I believe, he had this great big swelling on his back, the base of his back. Now, the swelling's gone down, but he can he can barely walk. He's getting worse every day. His whole left side is drooping. He can't talk even. Talking makes him really worn out. So he can only talk for about 10 minutes at the most. Now, here's the interesting part and the point to what I'm getting, where I'm getting at. His doctor had quite a few injured people under him and the doctor committed suicide. Wow. Now, when we do, if we do, I believe we'll get through this, but then we're going to have legions of doctors and nurses who are so internally compromised. Are they actually going to be able to do their jobs properly? And the ones that aren't are probably going to just double down on any disgusting, deceitful um, operation the New World Order, if we want to put it that way, brings to their table. Because, I mean, they're all doing it for money. Ashley, what do you reckon about that? Well, I have to agree with you, mate, because uh, we we now have in five of the six states where we have uh, full full term abortion, which is absolutely stunning. When when I was told, because oh, it was bad enough when abortions were brought in to twelve weeks, mm. then in between that time of being asleep, um, it went up to twenty two weeks, and now uh, Queensland, South Australia. New South Wales, Tasmania and South Australia have all passed the laws for full-term abortion. So, And um, I don't know if it's relevant to talk about what that is, but I think there's a lot of people out there that don't know what that actually means. It's quite horrific. Well, full-term abortion is the baby's ready to be um, born. It's ready. It's 40 weeks old. Yep, and... I don't know how far I should go here because it's quite confronting. It is very confronting. Um, look, I looked into that quite a long time ago now yeah. and I had to stop. It was really upsetting me. Oh, I, um, just, I, I just about cried because I was told to go and find my own information and when I started looking at the information, I just couldn't believe we've become uh, an immoral, barbaric people. Demonic. We, demonic, it's, yeah, if we allow yeah. this to happen. It's pure evil. Um, Absolutely. Look, I'm, I know that... Uh, you, I think all three of you said that you were quite religious. Uh, look, I grew up going to church, and I wouldn't say that um, I'm really religious, but I'm definitely, I definitely understand what it's all about. And I think, um, I mean, I read so many books about theology when I was a young kid. Uh, so I don't know, maybe I've got a different approach to it than other people, but I, I definitely believe in the higher power, all that stuff. Um, now I've lost where I was going with that. Uh, anyway. The point is, is that there is very, very clear signs of good and evil now. Yep. That's right. Isn't there? Absolutely. Absolutely there so, is. I'm, I'm like you. I'm, I mean, I, I have a great faith and love of Jesus Christ, but I don't like religion. I think corporate religion has done yeah. a lot to damage the image of God. I agree with I you. I do too. I and, agree with and, you. And, and that, there, 
the corporate churches as some of the institutions that we've lost faith in, yep. mm -hmm. and uh, that that we're not we're 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 prepared to walk hand in hand with government as a corporate church yep. when church and state should be separated for the good of the people, and yes. for and for the yep. good of for the good of the mis the mission on earth. Uh, when they're now in lockstep with government and and doing government's will. I mean, some churches, it's been come freely to the house of God as long as you've got a green tick. That's, That's right. right. But isn't it interesting if if you actually go and look at uh, into it, it's not just here in Australia; it's all around the world. It is, yeah. Yep, it is. Isn't it interesting? And and then people say, oh, if you talk about um, the globalist or the new world order, and, and it's sort of a little bit cliche now, but yeah. um. That's actually true. Um, look, I actually I spent a lot of time. Um, do you did you ever get into the Drudge Report? Did any of you ever see no. the Drudge Report? I haven't seen it. It's no. um it's turned now. It's uh it was actually the world's uh, biggest website. It had the most traffic in the world. Google ended up taking over, but all it was was. Do you guys remember when web websites first came along? It was just text based. Yep. That's all it was. But their speciality was that they looked at news from all around the world and put the stories together. Oh, okay. So you could sit on there for a couple of hours and be mind blown because you'll see that the play is the same no matter what country you go to in the Western world. Yep. So it's the, you know, this coordinated changing, world changing event is quite obvious. Well, what's happening now is we're actually living in Revelations. Mm -hmm. Is actually a, is is a biblical prophecy. Is what what is happening and unfolding yep. is exactly that. Do you know it's not just biblical prophecy though? There's been many prophecies about exact exactly what's going on right now. But not only that, for around twenty years there have been whistleblowers coming out and saying exactly how it would go down. Did any of you see Monopoly, the documentary that went? viral online just recently it started getting deleted no, everywhere haven't seen that one okay so what it was uh this man used very simple technique and he shows you right through the documentary how he did it but he pulled together all the information and was able to narrow down who owned the world and we've all heard of vanguard and blackrock oh, i right? think i've seen that yeah I did yeah, see yeah that. i did see that it's yeah. very very interesting now that information has been around for quite a long time but what was particularly fascinating was that whole piece was leading you up for the first three quarters of the doco yep. that was leading you up to the last part and the last part was it was all about this virolog virologist from uh in in your uh, i'm trying to think of the exact place but right next door to france uh belgian yep okay now he he was giving a speech and it was only about 30 people in the room but he was explaining exactly how to manipulate the masses and pull off uh, a situation like this. And it was word for word what happened. But the really interesting part was there were people in the crowd that were grinning and they were, they were absorbing the information and loving it. Mm. It was like watching little demons. Sadistic. Oh, goodness, it man. was disgusting. Yeah. And I, I stopped and rewound and, and I had friends and I go, watch this guy. And then we stopped and we went, now watch this lady. And they were just, <sighs> you know, it was like bloodlust. Mm, yeah. Are we ever going to see any uh, justice for this? Do, 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 who would like to talk to that point? Well, look, I believe 
we will never see the justice we are all seeking, I don't believe, in the earthly sense. But as I said in the last big rally in Canberra that I did, there's going to come a time uh, where my faith tells me that Jesus will come in a cloud from the east and he will put a sword to all this rubbish and we can all go home with him. And I think that's the only way we're ever going to see real justice. This is a battle between good and evil. Mm -hmm. And Renee's right about the book of Revelation and the book of Daniel. They all tie together. Mm -hmm. There's a great book called The Great Controversy that was written by Ellen White. And she was predicting everything that we're going through now, I think about 130 years ago. Really? So, and that book's been going gangbusters at all the rallies. I think 100,000 copies have been given away. So it's Ellen mm -hmm. White? Ellen White. Ellen G. White. Uh, she's the most prolific female author in uh, in history. And what's the name of the book again? The Great Controversy. Right there, you go, everyone. We need so to. So it goes. Listen. It takes you right back I to read. to through world history, but the last six or eight chapters is where everyone needs to start. And I sat with Craig Kelly in Sydney, and he had a copy of it in his hand. Someone gave it to me, gave it to him, and I said to him, "Mate, don't read the beginning. Read the last eight chapters." And um, it's it's mind-blowing how accurate this lady was. And it's all been done out of Revelation and Daniel and the book and the, and the prophetic word of, of the Bible. Um, so justice, look, we, we, we're going to see a, we're going to see a lot of justice. I really believe that there's going to come a time when Nuremberg 2 will actually be Nuremberg 2 and it'll be mm -hmm. it'll be covered by mainstream media because they're already looking to paint their way out of a corner now. You know, they're really gutless and they're starting to see. You watch Four Corners in a Year will be doing some great expose yeah. on the great deceit. I know, aren't they? Oh, they are just, they are just despicable. Just, and, they I, are. and I believe we will see justice in the real sense when Jesus comes. But up until then, we've still got a lot to do and, and, uh, and, and we, have to, we have to hold people to account for the simple reason that if we don't, this stuff will continue to happen unabated. Well, we've got the cashless society just around the corner yep. um, and we've got uh, the digital identity tracking of every living soul on the planet. But I think the most scary next thing is the pandemic treaty where our government is giving away their power to the World Health Organization. Has anyone looked at the definition of the word treason? I mean, yes. that is treason. It it's is. absolute it treason. Is. You hand your constitution to another power, that's treason. They used to hang for that in the old days. I uh, need to bring that back. There's so many examples of deep treason all around us right now. Yep. Mark McGowan, you're one of them. It's also fascism. Like the whole, the whole conglomerate of everything that's going on is all being collaborated and planned for a very long time. It's not happened overnight. And it's a lot, Lane, I, I was listening today to another podcast about the Rothschild um, family took out the patent for the testing for um, COVID-19 in 2015. Mm. There's, that, the, 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 yeah, that's right. Sorry, Ashley, you go ahead. Yeah, so there's also um, Martin, or it wasn't, it was uh, the previous governments uh, brought laws in to say that they can grab people physically and force them to have an injection. That's truly frightening. Yeah. Um, did any, did you, I know, Hood, you're aware of the, the car crash that happened yesterday with yeah. the people coming out to Perth to attend the worldwide rally for freedom. Um, we were at the hospital this morning, Scott and I, and the lady that had the deep lacerations on her leg hadn't even been treated. Now, they How long was that? How long, when you saw her, how long was it? 
uh, well, I, I think they were on their way up at around, I think the crash happened at around 11 o'clock in the morning, roughly. And then they didn't treat them until we arrived at the hospital at, uh, we would have been there at lunchtime today. Today? Today? Yep. Yeah. 24 hours, over 24 yep. hours. Yep. Um, it, truly horrific. And one of the reasons, well, actually the reason was that obviously they, they'd all done the rat test okay and passed yep. it but they wanted them to submit to a pcr test now anyone in our movement knows that those things can be manipulated very easily yep. and um isn't it fascinating that the man who invented the pcr test had already come out and said that it was for theoretical research only and that it could be manipulated this way and this way and yet he died mysteriously under a, a cloud literally at the kickoff of this entire world rollout Exactly. So let's get this straight. The people involved in that accident were in the hospital and still untreated 24 hours after. Yes. Nearly 24 hours after, yeah. Well, it would have been 24. Welcome to McGowan's Western Australia. Oh, I mean, yeah. That's right. reprehensible. Yep. Oh, yeah. And you turn, we, we're obviously out at the main doors of the hospital and there's what, three people guarding the doors and they've got the, the face shield on and the masks and the, just the complete hysteria. Renee, tell us about when you were in hospital. Um, were, was there, did you feel like there was a lot of hysteria around? I mean, people masking up and, you know, um, putting on their battle gear to speak to you? No. So when I was in there for the injury, I was treated like an inconvenience, uh, I guess. That's how I felt. Um, an inconvenient truth because they knew what was going on. They'd obviously experienced it before by the way they were behaving. Um, and just, you, you just kind of, it was gaslighting. So you, in the end I was kind of like thinking, well, you know, is this really happening? It felt like, felt like a, a dystopia mm. um, that it was like I had to pinch myself and, and I tried to get out of there after two nights because I thought I can't handle this anymore is I don't feel safe here. I, I feel safer home than in here where I'm being told that my symptoms are, you know, dizziness. And clearly it was much more severe than that. Than that. Um, so I just wanted to get out of there. But when I actually, <laughs> the thing here is when she said that I'd be fine with COVID, well, I wasn't. I got COVID in March. So actually 15 days after I came out of hospital, I got laryngitis then I got a bacterial chest infection then I've been having heart issues ever since um, that and then in March I got COVID because um, one of my children got it from school and um, I was so sick from that and nearly ended up with pneumonia and I had to go back into a different hospital this time it was a public hospital and when I went in there um, the first thing they asked me was, was are you vaccinated and I said Yes, I said, but does that make a difference? Mm. What, what if I wasn't? And she said, well, if you weren't, then you just have to wear a face shield instead. But we'll put this mask on you for this. And I couldn't breathe properly because I had bronchitis. She said, well, this mask is a COVID mask. And it was like, she's, she, they took me in for the testing and I didn't know that I had had COVID because my home test showed that I didn't. But mm. when I went in there and they did that PCR test, it showed positive. And the first thing the lady, the nurse, the nurse said was, "Oh my lord, oh, oh my god, you've you've got COVID." Oh, and do you realise what this means? You've got COVID. I said, uh, "Yeah, but I'm sick." 
already like I'm really sick and she goes yeah but now you need to wear this different mask and that mask was like suffocating me it was like really elastic was really strong and it was like wider mask and you couldn't you couldn't breathe properly in that thing and then they put me in a wheelchair to wheel me out of the corridor to go into the children's ward and there was police in the other room looking onwards and they, if they could have jumped out the window they would have because they looked at me like I was had leprosy or something they didn't want to come near me no one wanted to come near me and I got in that children's ward by myself with a nurse um and she goes well don't worry about me because I've been triple vaxxed I'm fine oh, <laughs> yeah she's fine all right um look Renee um I'm really looking forward to sitting down with you. We're going to do a, a full expose of what happened with you in the next few days. I'm really, really looking forward to that. So um, we'll talk about that more off offline. But um, look, it's for anyone who's listening, we've got a couple of people tuned in. Um, it's late. It's after six o'clock. It's starting to get cold. Um, Ashley's sitting over there with no jumper on. Um, last words, Ashley. Yeah, we've got to put a stop to it, mate. Um, we've all got to stick together. We've got to fight really hard and hope the, the Almighty comes and gives us a hand, which I'm sure he will. I'm sure. Renee? I would just say to people who are considering or on the line thinking about, you know, this whole regime and getting having to get vaccinated, if you think you have no freedoms, if you think you have no freedom without getting the vaccination, think of the freedoms you're going to lose if you end up with a terminal illness or mm. you end up disabled or you end up not being able to function in everyday life. Think about that loss of freedom as opposed to anything else. That's right. Good, Very wise words. Um, Hoodie, thank you so much for staying around to join us this afternoon. Oh, really. it's been a pleasure. It's been a real pleasure. Look, I just, uh, I, I think we're all in agreement. Um, since I started on this journey myself, I've met some of the most incredible people I've ever met in my life. And here's the thing, everybody listening, they're all average everyday people. And, and they've come to a sense of understanding of what's going on in the world where they realise that there is going to come a time in the future where their grandkids are going to say to them, where were you in 2022, 2023? What did you do to protect the, the freedoms that, that we've lost? or that we now enjoy you know what I, I i totally agree with you but i i would almost say that in five years time is i think we're going to start seeing the true damage but with that um all of you thank you so much for joining me i really appreciate it um and i look forward to the next time hopefully we can talk again renee i'll see you in a few days time thank you very much thank you everybody thank you for listening in and have a great night. Thanks, Thanks for Andrew. having us on.